What's going on, Trophy Kids? We got an awesome one here for you. We are breaking down every kids? NFL game awesome as we always do. We are breaking down every NFL game as we always do. Last week, 6-0 in our bets. Make sure you're following us at Trophy Kids Also now on TikTok and Instagram. Every one of our picks, 6 TikTok. We do have a best bet of the week on this one. And we give you our leans. We do have a best bet of the week on this one. Every single game. And we give you our leans and our thoughts. It's an awesome one. Every single game. Let's go. It's an awesome one. Bad News Media. It is October 14th, and we are back for the NFL edition. How are you doing today, good sir? I am doing fantastic. How are you? Doing great. We had a nice 6-0 and week in the NFL last week. I was very happy, to say the least. Beautiful. Beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I will also say, I've, I think everybody notices at this point, and we're going to be like every other podcast and bitch about this, but... The NFL hates Jeff Bezos. I am convinced of it because the good of the bill of goods they sold that man for Thursday Night Football is at an all-time bad. I mean, we have had laugh out loud bad comedy football games. And we've got another one, Commanders Bears, your Commanders. Um, we're recording this before Thursday, so we won't be giving a pick or a lean or anything like that. But thoughts going into it, we're, we're going to be time travelers tomorrow. What, what do we think is happening in this one? Um, well, yeah, it's like Bezos is getting his little, it's like his, his initiation fee or something. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's bad, but it, it is funny. You know, I know the joke is, you know, after last week's game, we're getting like a worse game. <laughs> There's one thing I will gear. I'm feeling real confident, almost guaranteeing this. There will be a touchdown, at least in this game. It, it won't be seven field goals. So I think it'll be better. <laughs> um, almighty seven field goals. <laughs> Seven field goals. So I'm, I, I'm thinking my boys are actually going to win this. I think we suck. I think Ron Rivera sucks. I think Ron Rivera is on the hottest seat right now in the NFL after Matt Rule, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I fully support. Um, uh, I fully support moving on from him. I think he's a good human. I think he's a shit NFL coach. He's got nine out of twelve losing seasons. That's seventy-five percent. It's going to be ten out of thirteen. Let's be serious. So let's bump it up to like that seventy-seven. And that takes that too. I, I just I think he's a great man. I think the game maybe is. Maybe it's passed them by a little. That's my opinion. But I do think the Bears suck. So I think we can go out and win this. Um, this is one of those games where I just say, you know, they're the Bears. I know they're doing the same thing. They're Washington. I get it. But nah, I think I think we can take this one. I agree. I 100% agree. I think this is a very winnable game in Chi-Town. Um, it's just funny. It is definitely, I would 100% expect this to be a better game than last week because the dumb stuff that will happen will at least make it entertaining. Like that was just a snooze fest left and right. Like there will be chaos throughout this game at certain points. I think so too. And I, I get the total there. It's it's where we're like the 26 scoring offense, but I think we might be 10th in yards. Mm-hmm. It's kind of bizarre. Um, and then just something kind of small that I saw Carson's not playing well at all, but it's kind of funny. It's just, it just goes to show that you could win in the NFL many ways. Did you know that Wentz, has one less passing touchdown than the other three NFC East quarterbacks combined. It's insane. <laughs> it, it was one and four. I, well, I will say about this, Wince. I I'm Wince. I feel like I have a good sixth sense, just like Jameis. When you just know, big time, he's throwing a pick like that pick on the goal line. Though I was like, I knew immediately that was coming. I actually show, according to this, top six in yards per game right now. Yeah. Total, total, total. Sorry, sorry. Total yards throughout the season. Yeah. Sixth in total yeah. yards for the season right now. Just cannot Just, score. Can't score. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. How do we feel about the uh, Dan Snyder story coming out this week that he's just blackballing the entire uh, 
league here and just got or blackmailing. Sorry, not blackballing um, the entire league. It's not surprising at all. And as a fan of this team for my entire life, we've I've always known how awful of a human being is. But it's kind of hard to explain to people that don't really closely follow the team. So I love that this article came out. I hope everyone takes the time to read it. It's long. Um, so make sure you have some time. But yeah, it, it kind of just sums up the true scumbag that he is. And I mean, it, it's awful. He's just He's the devil, and he needs to go. <laughs> he is the absolute worst. I mean, arguably, I don't know if there's a worse owner in all of the NFL, and that's he's, that's a pretty high mark. It's a high bar to be worse. the worst. But. I mean, I, the only owner out there that I think rivals him, but he's Dan's worst, is uh, Dolan in New York. Yeah. James Dolan. Yeah. I'd agree. 100% but agree. Dan's worst. Yeah. Dan is, oh man, he is a he's a headache. The NFL is dealing with headaches left and right. I think before we get into the games, we might as well get it out of the system. The NFL and penalties are just taking them. They're taking their licks left and right. We have a new policy that is automatically right now going to be a disaster. And the concussion policy that saw Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater leave the game because somebody saw a stumble. I've watched that video a thousand times. I don't see a single stumble. But already in my head, I'm imagining a playoff game quarterback gets the wind knocked out of him just kind of little little iffy getting back up no head injury and they throw him out of the game it's like this could be a disaster of a policy on top of a disaster roughing the pen roughing the quarterback weekend it's headaches are piling up left and right for the nfl yeah i agree and it's funny is this whole roughing the passer thing that's coming up and you know that you gotta throw a pillow down before you can put the quarterback <laughs> on the ground um it, it's what's so funny about it is it's all it's kind of an overreaction but really it's like the nfl overreacting to them probably fucking up to begin with 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 two of like i mean we're not doctors we don't really know but we all kind of think he shouldn't have been out there to begin with and it's like they're now like kind of like change it they're kind of like hey look over here now look what we're doing and yep it's, just, it's like now they're overreacting to a problem they created <laughs> the overreaction the the correction is so so much of a swing to the right or left whatever way you want to go with it like the pendulum uh, swing is so aggressive here one thing I do want to quickly say, though, is Carson Wentz gets hit more than any quarterback. I'm seeing no flags for Washington. <laughs> this is true. This well, is very true. <laughs> I My yeah. jaw dropped on that Chris Jones flag because I don't think I ever in my life envisioned a guy getting a rough for the passer the call who controlled the ball. He controlled the football and still got a rough in the, the passer. It was incredible. Unbelievable. I don't, know, I don't know what's happening. At this point, I don't even know as a league what your intentions are. Like... Just make it flag football for the quarterback at this point. Like, don't allow them. Because then at the other point, it's like, what? What are we doing? I, I understand there's a protect. I think you know, the the call it a strike zone on a quarterback, just like baseball. You can't go too low or too high. Um, I think that's all well and good. Because if we're being honest, quarterbacks are the league, and you don't want yeah. guys just going out with blown knee injuries because guys are going for their knees or their head hunting quarterbacks. But like at a certain point, the full body weight, like, come on, we're playing football here. There's some degree of risk that every single one of them knows stepping out of the field every single week. And you can only like, it's just a bad, it's a, it's a bad spot that needs to be looked at. Yeah, it's terrible. And I mean, Jonathan Allen on the commanders, he came out and said, he's like half the time when I'm getting sacks, I mean, there's so much going on around you in, in, in the game. He's like, I don't truly know if I'm actually even getting a sack until like 
it, we're on the ground. I'm like, oh, I did get the quarterback. So it, it's so hard for these guys. The game's so fast. It, it's just ridiculous. That is the one thing I got to say for Jones. I am so impressed that because they were talking about how he didn't use his entire body weight. He like put his arm out to brace and all that. The body control that NFL athletes have is just from wide receivers to enemy. Just the fact that that man at that size, at that speed, at that quick of a game can yeah. mid-react in air to putting it like it and while securing the ball. It was just it's jaw dropping and just how insanely good these guys are. Yeah, they're freaks, and it, it's programmed in their brains. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't have to be, but at this point, they need it to be, like, in their brains. Like, yeah, put your arms down. I mean, I, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> it's an absolute joke. But, all right, let's talk some football games. We got some good ones this week. We're not going to start out with the best one. It's the Buccaneers versus the Steelers. Nice 1 o'clock kickoff. Spread is 8.5. Over-under is 44.5. The Bucks are absolutely going to eat the Steelers' lunch this game. But there are some concerns for the Bucks in general. As I was doing my research... You know, we've been talking at times that this Bucks team isn't the best team we've seen. Now they're getting a little healthier. Injuries have been prevailing. But this step blew my mind. Currently, the Bucks are dead last. 32 of 32 in the league for rushing yards allowed before first contact. They, they give up the least amount. Our backs are getting murdered. Penetration is left and right on this team. This offensive line gets zero push for our running backs. Dead last, averaging, I think it was like 1.4 yards before contact or something, which is dead last in the league. It's atrocious. But once again, there is a health issue. Do you think the Steelers can stay within this number, or do you think the Pit- or do you think Buccaneers can cover this 8.5, which is an odd number. I don't love that 8.5. Yeah, definitely don't love that number. I mean, last week, you and I both very rightfully predicted that there was no way this Bucks team could cover a 10-point spread, Yep. Um, especially against Atlanta. However, this Pittsburgh team, oh, they suck. They suck. They're so they're, bad. They're, they're bad. They're, they're, they can't score. Um, and I know Bucks defense, they're going to eat picking alive. You have to think that. Um, so I, I feel actually pretty confident about them being able to cover this 8.5. I don't love it, but I, I feel way more confident than I would have last week and just Pittsburgh's they're they're so bad. And Pittsburgh deserves to take their lickings because we have long praised that front office for doing a really good job building a roster, but you can't be a defense-focused organization and have one player be out and then it all fall apart. TJ Watt, don't get me wrong, is an insanely talented player, but the fact that he's out shouldn't mean the entire defense crumbles. And it Every week since he's been out, and this was true last season, the moment he isn't playing at 100%, this defense falls completely apart. They collapse like Rome. It's yeah, ridiculous. It, it, it just kind of shows that to some of those guys, the Watts, the Bosas, the Garrett. Micah Parsons at this point. Yeah, Parsons for sure. Those guys are just such game wreckers and impactors that it's crazy how much of a difference it is when, when their presence is gone. Where do you lie on the, the Steelers, the hot seat that is being talked about with Mike Tomlin? It's so laughable. What unbelievable. I mean, this is the franchise that's had like four, I think four head coaches total, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) They're finally having a losing season that they're just beside themselves. I mean, that's that's absurd. I mean, just remember, Pittsburgh's a very good sports town, but you also got the Pirates there. Like, all right, let's calm down. Let's let Tomlin try to rebuild things. I mean, he also inherited a pretty good team. I think he's capable of doing a rebuild here. I think he's earned that. Let's give him some time. <laughs> I, I would agree. I, do you, I don't think... You people... want to fire him. Yeah, come come south, Tomlin. <laughs> there are so many teams in the NFL that would love Mike Tomlin at the free market. I don't think people fully comprehend how hard it is to go 15 years without a losing season. 
15 years in the NFL without a losing season with an aging Big Ben. Like, I get he fell into Big Ben, but, like, Big Ben couldn't do anything the last couple seasons, and they still found ways to win. 15 years without a losing season while I'm over here talking about Ron Rivera having (laughs) nine losing seasons out of 12. (laughs) Think about that. I mean, just compare that. That's insane. It's absolutely crazy. And you got a brand new quarterback. You're bringing in a brand new quarterback with a terrible offensive line right now. Like, you're, you're not going to give Mike Tomlin an opportunity to coach up his first round quarterback that the first time that he's had to do this. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's insane. Now, I do agree, I do agree with them that they should fire Matt Canada. He's a terrible OC. I do agree with that. We'll see what Mike Tomlin does. I mean, Mike Tomlin has shown that he is a very good CEO type of coach and a good job of getting the guys together, but it's bad. I just, I'm, my mind is just baffled by all the Tomlin hate just this early into the season. <laughs> I, I just remember, think about Antonio Brown today. Oh my think God. about Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. Different human being. It's yeah. All thanks to Mike Tomlin. <laughs> that it's unreal. It's a perfect example. Unreal. Um, I just, I, my mind is just boggled. But I, people just have no respect for just how hard the NFL is in Pittsburgh. Like, they are just such a spoiled fan base. And I get it's hard not winning playoff games. But, like, that man's been keeping you on life. I guess the problem is is they, they should have had a rebuild way sooner. But because he's yeah. such a good coach, they've been living in that mediocre level, which doesn't really allow you to do a full rebuild. Right. I agree. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. All right. Let's talk about the Jags calls. The line's at one and a half, over-unders 42 and a half, and the Jags got right back to the old Jags we knew. What an absolute stinker of a game last week against Houston. That felt like a turning point game, though. That felt like, all right, if they could win this game in a really nice fashion, like, okay, maybe things have turned. Maybe they've turned the corner in Jacksonville. Nope. (laughs) No. What do we feel about this game in a Colts team that is also mightily struggling, as everybody was privileged to see on Thursday Night Football? The Colts are so bad. I mean, they're they're in that grouping of so bad, too. And it's, it's kind of why all these teams that we talk about are so bad are still on my terrible team schedule. So that's why I'm holding out like a tiny bit of hope, even though we're just as bad. But um, so just with what Jacksonville did earlier in the season, I realized just for whatever reason, this indie team is completely different in Jacksonville than they are other places but just from what i already saw and the fact that these are just two really bad teams and in my point in my eyes it's kind of a coin toss kind of leaning towards jacksonville a little bit so i don't know how i can just not go with jacksonville on the money line here i agree and i think for the casual fans there's an illusion that you sort of have to adjust to this season and that is that the indianapolis colts they're anchor their strong point for the last couple of years has been that offensive line it yeah. is not as good as it has been in years past matt ryan who is an immobile statue which you've been calling him for years and been dot on he's seen the ninth highest pressure rate per drop back this offensive line is 21st in rushing yards before first contact right now like this is not the elite offensive line we've seen in years past and without that solid base this team is really struggling because the defense hasn't been half bad like they're not elite but they haven't been half bad it's the problem is you have a super immobile aging quarterback with an offensive line that's having a lot of troubles early in the season and that's just causing chaos for this team they can't move the ball and then Jacksonville like I said they didn't turn the corner to be that like oh they've now leveled up to that next tier where they're not shitty they're just sort of a bad football team but can compete in games. Now it feels like maybe they're a little bit hit and miss. Trevor Lawrence, too. This is a guy that I wasn't had, um, high on. His body language yeah. was terrible in that Houston game. My God. 
It was poor. And you mentioned Matt Ryan. I, I almost feel bad for him in his e-mobility. <laughs> At one point against Denver, I don't know, maybe it was Bradley Chubb. I don't remember. But someone got free, and he saw him coming at him. But, I mean, there was a good bit of distance. And Matt Ryan literally just – he, like, contorted his body. He started falling, and he just flung it out of bounds. And it was just, like, the saddest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And, I mean, he still had time to maybe step up in the pocket, do something. But I just – I. I feel bad for him. I, I really do. It is sad because he was a guy that just, he was a very good quarterback for a long time. Underratedly yeah. good. I know he won yeah. like an MVP, but like for a long time, he wasn't getting his justice. Similar to Mike Evans in Tampa, where like people are mm-hmm. finally coming around to just how dominant Mike Evans has been because Tom Brady brought some spotlight. Levante David. There's guys across the league that this is the case. But yeah, Matt Ryan. Oh man, I do. It's just, it's a sad state of affairs to say the it least. Is. Um, all right, Bengals Saints. This is a game that I've already bet pretty heavily. Uh, it's definitely my heaviest wager of the week. The line's at one and a half. It is in New Orleans, over under 43 and a half. Before I go into this, what are you kind of seeing for this game? How, what's your feel for this one? I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by it. I mean, I think, I mean, even though they're coming off a loss, I, I, I think the Bengals are pretty much back. Um, I think they're back to being a, a good team. In, in this league so i mean i think they really are struggling at t higgins i haven't seen do you know is t higgins okay is he playing this year he was you know, questionable last i saw it is an injury report yeah. that you'll probably want to monitor um yeah but yeah um but i'm still leaning since he I, I i still don't trust this new orleans team fully um so i, I think they can win by a field goal or even more so i, I go since here i just i think the offense is just too explosive for new orleans to keep up with i agree i um yeah, T. Higgins didn't practice Thursday, but is listed as questionable. I, we'll see if he plays or not. But yeah, I'm with you. This Saints team, when you look at their defensive numbers, you got to put a little context because right now they're like middle of the pack. They're 16th in net yards allowed per pass attempt, and they're 16th in yards per rush attempt. But the two outliers are the Cards and Bucks game. Bucks very banged up. Mike Evans gets ejected past that game. Not a very healthy offense that aids them. And the Cardinals, we know they've been struggling hard in the season. The Seahawks and who's the other team they played? The Vikings gave them a bit of a, a challenge there offensively. And that's what I, I see similar here. Um, and hell, even the Panthers, or sorry, the Panthers and the Bucks are the, the teams I was talking about there. Yep. So the defense is in a little bit of trouble. Also, you get the storyline. Storylines don't matter as much to a point spread in the NFL because guys are professional, especially early in the season. Their emotions are more in check than college. But I do think there is value in the fact that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are returning to New Orleans, the Louisiana area, for the first time since that historic run they had at LSU. I do think that incentivizes them to play. I hate having a ton of money on Zach Taylor because that man, as we saw last <laughs> week, big dum-dum, <laughs> as always. But I do think this is a spot where they can really kind of incinerate the Saints, who are also dealing with a ton of injuries. On the Zach Taylor point, too, I do want to preface this. I do... <laughs> if you've been a fan of the show, you know my long history with Zach Taylor and really hatred towards him. My hatred is based on him being a play caller and coach. He cannot do both correctly at the same time. But then again, I can only probably name five guys in the NFL who can be a both head coach and an offensive play caller. He needs to remove himself from the offensive play caller. He is predictable as hell, stupid as hell with his offense. He thinks he can get real cute with it, as we saw on the goal line there and what he was doing. Um... But he's a great CEO, I think, head coach. He's built a winning culture in Cincinnati. Every guy talks about it. There's a new professionalism in the building. He's kind of nudged the Bengals' ownership to spend more money than they've ever spent in the 
probably the entire time the Browns have owned the the team. Like they now have an indoor facility. They've been going out and they've been really spending money on their scouting department and doing a good job in the draft again and bringing in guys like Collins that they wouldn't have spent money on in previous years. And, you know, Zach Taylor got Lou, Lou, the defensive coordinator, who I think is one of the top tier defensive coordinators in the league. So I think if Zach Taylor removed himself and did it more of a high arching head coach type of thing, this team would be a lot better. But as him as a play caller, I'm sorry. The reason they succeeded last year is because players outperformed the weakness that was their play calling head coach. That's the problem. Yeah. He a big dummy dumb when it comes to play calling. Some coaches just need to humble themselves, but it's very hard for some of them. Very, very hard. And that's the funny thing, too, is like he's never like the one time he had an offense coordinator job at Cincinnati. He was yeah. not good at it. So it's like you've never been good at it. <laughs> I don't know what makes you think you're going to be good at it now. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Jets Packers lines at seven over under 45 and a half. Whew. Packers Ooh. are in trouble. Um, what are you feeling in this game? How are you looking at this one? First of all, I had to check like, I, I need to confirm this with you. I had to check like five times. The Jets is three and two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> first time, I forget the stats, like first time in forever since the Giants and Jets have simultaneously been above 500. Dude, I, I looked, I think I looked that up like six times. I was like, hold on, let me make sure this isn't like a, like a, a 2010 schedule with Mark Sanchez. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, with Sexy so yeah. Rexy as the head coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, this is bizarre. I can't believe this. I mean, I, you got to kind of like what you've seen from the Jets so far. She did. Brees Hall, I think, is going to be a stud. Um, he seems like great pick there, um, killing it. And just like you said with these Packers, I don't know how you can trust them to cover a seven-point spread. I know it's in Lambeau. That that might be, you know, a big advantage to them with, you know, Zach Wilson going Lambeau, all that. Um, but I just – I can't trust them really to cover this. I do think they'll probably win this game. Rodgers, he just – he doesn't really fully have, like, full trust in one receiver yet, and he kind of needs that, I feel like. Um so we'll see what goes on there. I, I think some of the young guys are starting to come together a little bit. Uh, he seems to kind of be getting something going with Dobbs a little bit. But it's going to take time. So I'll take the Jets to cover. I do think the Pack might be able to squeak out a win. But I, shit, I would not even be shocked if the Jets got a win, though. I wouldn't be. And this is something we talked about in the preseason analysis of the Jets, where I, I don't, I'm not necessarily convinced they're a good team. I mean, I know the record's 3-2, and two, but they're a much more talented team than we've seen in years past. They have really done a good job of getting young talent in the door with an opportunity for a bright future. We'll see with Zach Wilson. I know you're not the highest on Zach Wilson. I... I go back and forth on the guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. The real concern is the Packers team here because this Packers team is in a lot of trouble. I mean, that London game, I think, sums up exactly their falls, which is right now they are a slow pace, methodical team that just doesn't allow the offense to get in any form of the r- rhythm. They're bottom eight in attended air yards per pass attempt. You have Aaron Rodgers, and you're a bottom eight team in intended air pass yards per attempt. I mean, that's just an absolute joke. Uh, and, and it does have to do with either Sheevan Core being bad. But the other problem, too, is like this is a team that went with, okay, well, we're going to build a good defense. And the defense has also been slacking. I mean, the New York Giants with a hobbled Daniel Jones <laughs> won that game. And that that's unexcusable as the Packers right now. And the Giants are on a run here. I get that. They're playing good, feisty football. But it's the Packers are in some real trouble long term. I Do we think they can get this turnaround? I Dude, I, I think they could be a playoff team in the NFC, but I don't consider them really to be 
yeah, even like a Super Bowl contender. I think there's plenty of teams in the NFC that would take care of them. Um, yeah, I don't, I know, I, I don't really think they could turn around. I mean, they could bring in, like, the only thing they could bring in would be like if they brought in like a Beckham. But I just, I don't think the weapons are necessarily good enough, and I, they're not going to get better. I mean, they might get a little, the younger guys might get a little better, but not good enough in my opinion. So no, I actually don't really consider them to be a Super Bowl contender in the NFC anymore. Fair enough. I a hundred percent agree with that take. All right. New England Browns lines at two and a half over under 43 and a half. The Browns are favored. Are we about to do this whole thing over again with Bailey Zappi? I mean, pick 137 dudes out here winning games on his first, first game, not looking terrible. I mean, it was against the Swiss cheese defense and the lions, but I mean, are we about to do this thing again with Bill Belichick and some underrated quarterback? I mean, that would, who knows? I, I kind of just instantly looking at this. I actually kind of like the Patriots on the money line here. <laughs> um, I, they're a weird team. I, I, just, I don't really like this game at all betting-wise because I, I don't know what to make really of either one of these teams. Um, one thing I'm concerned about is just what we saw Austin Eckler do last week to the Browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that not that Ramondre Stevenson is necessarily Austin Eckler, but I, you know that the Patriots are going to want to run the ball a ton. Um, so I think this is a game kind of where they might be able to – I mean, and of course the Browns are going to come back to the same thing. Nick Chubb is playing out of his mind. I think we should mention that. I, I think the lowest yardage he's had so far is like 83 yards. That's, that's ridiculous. Um, so he's playing ridiculous right now. But I, I kind of like, I think the Patriots might be able to control this game a little better. So I, I think I'll take him on the money line here. Although I really don't love this game. I don't love it. But yeah, the Browns showed a huge susceptibility last week to a Chargers team that has not been very good at running the football yeah. so far this season. They really stepped it up last week about the Browns. And we also saw Jacoby Brissett take a step back um, and make some mistakes. And everything we know about Bill Belichick is he is a guy that schemes incredibly well defensively. And if you're not on your X's and O's, dotting your I's and crosses your T's, he's going to catch you. Um, And so with a team that is looking to control the game, they didn't put um, Zappi in any terrible situations. They did let him go out and throw the ball a little bit more against the Lions. He looked to manage the game well. Yeah, I I think the Browns are an undermanned team here, um, and it could be a problem. Getting, I mean, they're just getting closer and closer to hoping that Deshaun Watson can come back and be their savior for a guy who hasn't played football in a while um, and the hardest hardest position in all of sports. But yeah, I'm with you. I I don't have a bet in this game, but I think I lean Patriots in this one. Yeah, and I, I do like. I know it's it's been a while, but I like the Jacoby Brissett angle. Obviously, Bill knows him very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that'll help as well. Bill knows a, a backup quarterback real well. That's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, this is very true. Very true. All right, Dolphins, Vikings. This game is set at three and a half over under 45 and a half. We talked about the bad policy. Teddy Bridgewater wasn't even able to be part of the team until Thursday. Still not really sure who's going to go at quarterback this week and what that's going to look like. How are you attacking this game and, and what are you looking for here? Yeah, it's tough to know as of now. I think, you know, if Teddy plays, I, I don't really, I don't necessarily like the Dolphins to win, but as long as you have that hook there, I, I kind of like him at three and a half. I think, you know, Minnesota going down to going down to Miami. I don't know if that Miami heat is still kicking. I'm sure, sure it's still hot. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think as long as, I think if the line stays at, you know, that three and a half, I think once, is Teddy, this is questionable as of now? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I would assume so. He hasn't been able to practice all week, so I know that. Yeah. 
if, if and once he gets cleared, obviously we could see that line jumping a little bit. So I, I don't know. I kind of like them with the hook there. Yeah. I, the problem here is I would I would immediately pounce on the Vikings, but they haven't showed consistency offensively yeah. because Miami is second right now in second most yards, net yards per pass attempt in the NFL. The secondary has been an absolute disaster. They're letting up a ton of yards. The Vikings have the weapons to take advantage of you, but they're not consistent quarter to quarter, down to down, series to series. So we like, because, and we saw that. I mean, they got off to a hot start beginning of last week, and then they let the Bears come right back into the game. It made that way closer than it should be. So the incons, and that's been sort of, sort of their story all season. The inconsistency out of them makes it really tough. I'm imagining Teddy's going to be good to go. He didn't practice until Thursday, but he's a veteran. He knows how to go in and win games. He didn't have any symptoms of a concussion. So I would assume he'll be good to go. But once again, didn't get to practice, had limited practice on Thursday. We'll see what he is, but I'm with you. I just, I would pounce all over the Vikings if I had more faith in their consistency factor, uh, because I do think they have a lot more favorable matchups, but there just isn't any consistency there. Ravens Giants. This should be an interesting one. The battle of the speedster quarterbacks, because as we all know, Daniel Jones, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, surprisingly will go surprisingly fast uh lines at six over under 44 and a half do the giants have some magic in here to upset the ravens it's tough to say i don't know about a full-on upset but i could see them covering here just because in my i mean i'm not completely accurate when i say this but i i feel like every ravens game is close always comes down to the wire it's always stressful so i mean (laughs) i i i I fail to think that they're going to be able to cover six. Um, and then you, then you got the Giants who just, I don't know, they, they keep winning. They Are they, I, I can't believe it. I, I'm beside myself. I still don't think they're going to win more than eight games, but I'm probably wrong. Saquon Barkley's playing out of his mind. Um, so, I mean, as long as he stays healthy, as long as they keep feeding him the ball, I know there was a little bit of a scare there in London, but he came back and balled out. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably take the Giants to cover. I don't see an upset where they win, though. Yeah, it's the Ravens are tough because, like we've said, they're a team that just has blown games super late, um, and that's that's a pretty big problem. Um, and a team for the Giants who they just seem to have no quit in them. They keep showing up. They keep fighting until the end. We saw that in London. You know, the first half didn't go their way. They came out in the second half. They went to their bread and butter, which has been Barkley. Daniel Jones stepped up and made some plays when it was needed. Um, and yeah, I mean, heading into last week against the Bengals, I mean, the, the Ravens were two and two, but they'd only trailed for 14 seconds in the season so far up to that point before that Bengals game. Like that is just incredible. I, I still can't get over that stat. Um, I do think that, you know, and the main point is the Ravens are, they're what Lamar gives you. And Lamar has been unbelievable this season. But once yeah. again, this is a Giants team where they're, what, 4-1? and one, Only losses to the Cowboys. Dable's shown that he's been a very good coach, something that I've been screaming to everybody who would listen that he needed to get a coaching job. I can't believe he went so many cycles without getting hired. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's six. It's that's a fair lean. I would lean Giants in that in that game just for sure. Uh, 49ers Falcons line is at five and a half over under forty four and a half. 
And this is where my fun stat comes in. I don't know. We said it the other week. I don't know how to explain it. I don't understand it because we know what Jimmy G is from a skill set standpoint. But the man just knows how to win football games. Jimmy G is 35 and 15 with a 99 passer rating in his first 50 games. Since the NFL merger, the only other quarterback to win 35 or more games with a higher than 98% uh, passer rating, Patrick Mahomes. What is going on? It's bizarre. I, I don't understand it. Um, it. It is what it is. I, I, I don't want to say I don't like it. So I don't really care. But the problem with the 49ers, and I have it every year, is that I just think they're boring. <laughs> they are. <laughs> like, they're, they're always, I mean, they're not always good, but recently they're, they've been pretty good. Um, and But they're just a boring team. Um, but I do like them to cover here. I know. I know we were feeling pretty good about the Falcons against the Bucks last week, but something about this Niners team, they just snuff out their opponents. They, they give up like 15 points and they go on and score 25 to 30 points themselves. Uh, so I know it's, it's long travel going to Atlanta, going into the dome there. Uh, but still the, the Niners, they're a pretty big national team. They'll have a good showing there themselves uh, fans. So I, I like him just to be able to kind of just snuff this team out and just win pretty easily. Yeah, uh, the 49ers, they just, they win boringly, but man, their biggest problems the last couple of years have been injuries for the most part. When they're healthy, oh, yeah. they win. And when they're unhealthy, it's a problem. But this is the Jimmy G factor. They've wasted so much time trying to figure out their ultimate solution to Jimmy G. It's like, you just need to lean into it at this point, I think. Because the focus should be getting healthy and building depth. Yes, he's not the most talented quarterback. I'm not sitting here and saying he's up there with Patrick Mahomes. But the numbers don't lie as far as he just knows how to operate within the system. He knows how to control the game. He's number one in yak right now. Now, one, he has the most lethal weapon when it comes to yak in Debo Samuel. But he does, there is some credit to him being able to place the ball in positions to allow Debo to then make some moves. He does a very good job. This will be an interesting matchup because right now the Falcons are have allowed the least amount of missed tackles in the NFL. A surprising fact to myself because they are not they have not been the most buttoned up football teams. Marcus Mariota is playing very well within that system. Been the surprise one of the surprises of the season. This is, I think, going to be an interesting game to watch. Um It'll be methodical. I'll be interested. I'll probably not have it on during game time, but I will probably watch it the following day on the compressed version. Um, It'll be an interesting game. I'm very excited. The other thing you have to realize, too, is the 49ers defensively right now, they are second highest in pressure rate per pass attempt, but they're only blitzing at a 15th rate. So they're outside the top 10, and yet they're still managing fat. manufacturing pressure at the second highest rate. Man, the words are getting jumbled. So it'll be an interesting game, but I'm with you. I think the 49ers are just the side here. Very solid play. All right, let's talk Panthers-Rams. This is an eyesore on the schedule. Two teams that I hate watching, but the Panthers finally realized their biggest problem, and that was good old Matt Rule. Matt Rule is gone, going to be searching maybe for a college job. I did see, I haven't been able to confirm it, but he may have some language in his contract that would void payments to him if he were to take a college job. If I was him, I would definitely not because the amount of money he's getting, if that is true. Yeah, if that (laughs) is true. Now, once again, didn't verify it, saw it on Twitter. I believe everything that people put out on the internet is accurate. I mean, no no flaws in that method. (laughs) But if that is true... Whew, Panthers are in for a doozy. One of the one of the worst co- one of the worst contracts. They got duped into giving a college contract. I don't know how that happened. I, 
I saw that over the next 48 months, the Panthers will be sending a monthly check to Matt Rule for $850,000 a month. Can I please be a terrible NFL head coach? Please, someone hire me. Oh, my God. Dude, Are that, you kidding me? That is a college coach contract. I don't know. I <laughs> To a first-time head coach. like That's what you give like Sean Payton to come back. Like, oh, my God. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah, I would never, i never work again. I'd call it a day. What, why? What am I why? doing? <laughs> yeah. Why go through stress? I would go take a wage, like I'd be a commentator or something. Start a podcast. Well, maybe don't start a podcast. Go do something else. <laughs> All right. To the game. Lines 10. Rams are favored. Over under 41 and a half. Do the Panthers get a little interim coach bump here in the NFL ranks? Or do the struggling Rams just absolutely slaughter the Panthers here? So we do see where that 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 factor does happen, where you get a little boost from the interim head coach. It's just, I don't know, you get a little jolt in the team. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen here. You could probably make an argument right now that Baker Mayfield might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah. He is, whoo, he's bad. He's really bad. And you feel like this is kind of an opportunity where you will think the Rams coming off of two just not looking good type of games where it's just they probably really want to kick the shit out of someone and who better to do that to than the Panthers. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards that, but this is way too big of a spread for me to even mess around with. Um, so I'd probably be staying away from the game in general. I kind of do lead towards the over ish, but I, I don't even really like that either. <laughs> yeah. The Panthers offense has been absolutely Oof. pitiful, but I mean, we could probably make the same argument for the Rams who have been pathetic of late. I mean, at some point yeah. you got to think that they are tired of getting embarrassed on a national stage. They're a four o'clock game. People will be watching them. It's not great. That offensive line's been bad. They haven't been able to push the ball at all. They are the sixth lowest intended air yards per pass attempt in the NFL right now. There is no push to that offense. Their defense has been lackadaisical at best. Um, the one thing you could say about the Panthers, decent defense. J.C. Horn yeah. is balling out as always. The defensive line can get after it. So I'm probably going to stay away from this. I don't think the Panthers win this game, but at 10 potentially i'd like to see if that number moves at all before the game but i think i make a slight lean to the panthers it's just mm-hmm. it's a rough game to say the least yeah, it's bad it's bad let's talk about a potential fireworks game cardinal seahawks the battle of the birds line is at three cardinals are favored over under 50 and a half geno smith my man having himself a year the surprise of the nfl i would say right off the bat what are you thinking in this game what's jumping out to you here uh, the the spread kind of jumping out to me a little bit, especially with it being in Seattle. Um, yeah, Gino's playing really well. Um, I I'd probably go with them on the money line here. I, I just that's just one of those value plays that I I can't really I can't really pass up on. I did see something. I could be wrong on this. Is it true that if the Mariners play Game Four, this game is rescheduled an hour and a half later? Yep. That's interesting. It is. We we say the NFL is king, but man, something something's up out there. Yeah, they they will bump this an hour back. Is what That's kind of cool for if we're you know hopefully they'll play that you know for the last hour you know that we're all just chilling there waiting for Sunday night football. Uh, but yeah, I go to Seattle here. I just I, I think both these teams are just so 
hit or miss. You don't really know what you're going to get out of them. Uh, neither one of them, in my opinion, are really a threatening team, but I'll just take Seattle money line. And I'd probably go over, over 50 and a half. Yeah, these two defenses can't stop a nosebleed, um, yeah. to say the least. But this is something we talked about. We cashed a beautiful bet last week with the first quarter and first half, for those of you who trailed, because the Cardinals are trash offensively in the first half. The dead last worst offensive team in the first half in the NFL. But here's the thing. Second half, completely flips. Fourth highest scoring offense in the second half of games. The slow starts are absolutely killing this team. Now, Geno Smith's an interesting case. The dude currently has the highest yards per scrambling, averaging 11.8 yards per scramble. Here's wow. even the crazier fact. This man throws the most catchable ball in the NFL because right now, the Seattle Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks have the lowest drop rate in the NFL. They have a drop rate of 0.8% right now. <laughs> Blew my mind. <laughs> wow. That is, that is crazy. I could not believe that. Um, yeah, these two defenses are pitiful. If the Cardinals cannot score here in the first half and they get off to another slow start, just get rid of this team. I mean, yeah. just can we relegate them? Can we send them somewhere else? Can we do, send them to Europe? All right, like get this team out of here because if you can't score against the Seahawks defense, the season is lost. But that HBO midseason hard knocks is going to be the most fascinating thing to watch of all time because it was with the yeah. Cardinals. Yes, it is. I know it, it is going to be very interesting just because that team just sucks. I mean, if you're Lincoln Riley, you have to be thinking about some of these college jobs that are coming up, right? Like it, it's like college. Like you got to love college because you have to do all the recruiting and stuff. But at this point, it almost feels less stressful because I think so too. Things are going bad and going bad quick, and you are tied to Kyler Murray, who, you know, maybe we're starting to see the real form of Kyler Murray here. Yeah, I think so. And Lincoln Riley kind of strikes me as someone obviously loves football, loves coaching, but he also strikes me as someone that like loves life and likes a little mm -hmm. bit of free time. You get more of that in college. Um, so yeah, I I could see him going back. Yeah, I think if I'm Lincoln, I've got to think. I mean, especially with some of the jobs that are out there, like there's some decent jobs. I mean, Auburn's out there. Chaos, pure chaos um, at Auburn right now. But that's a pretty sweet gig. You go to Nebraska, I mean, that's the lowest bar in all of college football right now. You just got to be better than Scott Frost, who is yeah. arguably the worst college football coach I've ever seen. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunities. Like I that. mean, just speaking of little college football, you know it's bad when Adrian Martinez leaves you and then all of a sudden becomes a great college quarterback at Kansas State. I mean, he looks night and day difference, and the only difference is he's not under Scott Frost's tutelage anymore. Yeah, he just goes to K-State. Boom. <laughs> Unbelievable. Boom. Night and day. He's not turning over the ball every two seconds. Oh, my God. All right. The marquee game of the weekend. I do not know why this is in the Monday night. Can we please, for the love of God... Get rid of these, like, we can't flex games until I forget what week in the NFL. Yeah. We should be able to flex any week, any game. Why are the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs being played at 430? This makes no sense. <laughs> makes their sense. I don't understand. Yeah, we should be flexing whenever. This is the most powerful league in the, in the world. Um, yeah, what are we doing here? Um, but, yeah, awesome game. Initial, like, thoughts on this game is I think the Bills are the more explosive, more – they have the higher potential. They they are they can be better. But there's something about the Chiefs where, to me, they're just – this year especially, they just seem very consistent. They seem like they've got things going. There are some times where you can kind of be like, hmm, they kind of miss Tyreek Hill, but they still just find ways to get it done. Um, and they're playing in Kansas City. 
every once in a while, I, I also feel like we see Buffalo going back. I'm also going to be using last year kind of as an example as well. We see more random duds out of Buffalo than I feel like we do see out of Kansas City. So this is another one. I, this might be my third third dog I'm taking on the money line. I, I, I think I like Kansas City to, to win this game. This game is so interesting. And the NFL, the surprising thing that this isn't a primetime game is you saw this on the schedule. And like the NFL loves a storyline. What better storyline is than losing the coin flip from last year and getting the repeat here, Bills versus Chiefs in Kansas City? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, this, it was the best, might be the best NFL game I think we've seen in our 29 years on, on Earth. Yeah, <laughs> it was that incredible. Awesome. Um, I mean,. Yeah. <laughs> And you've got a guy like Josh Allen who last week almost set the single-game passing record in, like, crazy win, just cutting through it like butter. I mean, what more are we doing here? But I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, the Chiefs, Andy Reid is just a mad genius, and we've been beating this drum for a while that he has been criminally underrated. Once he won his Super Bowl, everybody started, I think, giving him really the, oh, this guy might be one of the greatest coaches in the NFL. I mean, obviously not Bill Belichick, but, like, he's right up there. Um the things he's been able to do, the way that offense has been able to change, losing Tyreek Hill, just an absolute home run hitter, and turning into more of a methodical offense, the building up of Patrick Mahomes, it's just been fantastic. You're right, the Bills are a little bit more dud-filled. To me, I do have some concerns about the Chiefs. We've seen them miss on assignments, not the best tackling team right now. I mean, they have the fourth most missed tackles in the NFL. That gives me some concern, but... I have more faith in the Chiefs' offense. This is the real measuring stick. Are the Bills ready to take that next leap and be a real Super Bowl contender? I mean, they are a real Super Bowl contender, but I mean, be top dog in the best conference in the NFL. This is just an. This is prime time watching. This is get your popcorn ready. This is a great game. I don't know if I have a bet here though yet. <laughs> it's hard. It's so hard. It's very hard. All right, Sunday night prime time game. Eagles, undefeated, only undefeated team left in the NFL versus the Dallas Cowboys. It is in Philadelphia. Line is at six and a half. Eagles are favored over under 42 and a half. Whew, I didn't, I, I was high on the Eagles, but I did not expect them to be five and zero. off and running. The thing that gives me major concern though, four out of their five offense alignment were listed under limited participation at practice the other day. That is very concerning for, yes, Micah Parson is a little banged up dealing with a groin, but he says he's good to go, but very concerning against a defensive line in the Cowboys that just get after it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's very concerning. And it just the defensive line in Dallas, they're just so nasty. Just And it makes it makes their secondary better. Um, so, yeah, that would be one thing I'm very worried about with Jalen Hurts. Um, one thing I'm a little worried about on the other side of the ball, Cooper Rush, I would say these are probably the best corners that he's gone up against. Um, so I think that'll be concerning, but just with this Dallas defense, they have kind of shown so far that I don't really think anyone can score enough points on them to cover a six and a half point spread. Um, so that's why I'm probably leaning the Cowboys here. I say, I think Philly probably goes, they probably move on to six and oh. But I, I like Dallas at six and a half. Yeah, the injuries concern me for taking the Eagles at six and a half. That's a lot of points for a Cowboys team that, you know, we keep talking about the soft spot is kind of their interior defensive line, and yet nobody's really been able to take effect of that. And the Eagles were definitely my team going out like, oh, yeah, they're going to kill them. But with the injuries and the bang up, even though guys are looking like they're probably going to go on the offensive line, it's still tough if you've been banged up all week. If you're not feeling right to even practice to then go out there and have to catch these assignments from this elite 
pass rush, which then translate to DBs that are ultra aggressive, that force turnovers. You know, we've given Diggs his his crap for letting up a ton of yards, but we know these guys are ultra aggressive, and they can be because that elite pass rush makes quarterbacks make mistakes, and that aggressiveness pays off. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting. Cooper Rush, I think some of the takes are getting a little out of hand with this guy. We do have to remember that, to your point, you said it perfectly, this defense has been what's kept the Cowboys in these games. Like Cooper Rush has been, yes, a good story, but we need to dial back some of the takes on the Cooper Rush here. The man is not Superman. No, he's not. He's not really aggressively pushing the ball downfield. He's not making a bunch of wild throws. He's doing an awesome job. Um, Yeah. And he's, you know, and he was a guy who was, cut by Dallas you know it's it's kind of reminds me you know he's had more success but it kind of reminds me of Heineke he's pretty much bought himself eight to ten years in the league so that's awesome yep uh, but yeah I agree we got to calm down <laughs> he's printing money the break trucks are already getting backed up to his house for the lifetime deals he's going to get the next Chase Daniels in the league yeah. um yeah and it will be interesting this will be a real test for for Cooper and more importantly those wide receivers for Dallas can they get separation to your point the best corners they've seen at this point this is the best secondary they're going to face so it's a, a game within the game you know can the Cowboys wide receivers take a step up because they've been they've been rough at, at points this season against a great secondary. Yeah, and we saw last week, give the ball to Tony Pollard. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, it's about time. I, I know it's embarrassing because you've got Zeke on that giant, terrible contract, but my God, Tony Pollard is, at this point, he is the primary. He's the best back. It just, it yeah. is. It is what it yeah. is. All right, Broncos Chargers, my God. I do not want to have to watch this Broncos team again. Line is at four and a half. Chargers are favored over under 45 and a half. This is the wrap up of the the week. Yeah. What do we do here? I just, yeah. I mean, we're just, we talked about last week. They're jamming Russell Wilson down our throat. Um, we'll see him again in, in London on October 30th. I believe it's not, I know I said against your bucks. No, your bucks play in Germany. I believe. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so yeah, it's not against bucks. It's against, of course, the London Jaguars. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Go to this game. Yeah, it's just, it's terrible. Russell, this could very well go down. We'll see what happens as the worst trade, worst contract in NFL history. He looks, he just looks like he's forgotten how to play. It's so bizarre. Um, And they have some good things going on that team. Patrick Sertan is a beast. Um, We should mention the three young corners who all have NFL fathers they're all studs (laughs) Patrick Sertan and I'm just completely Asante Samuel Jr. Asante Samuel Jr. thank you Uh, just studs um so yeah that that's cool so we got some stud corners in this game um but yeah uh, lean chargers just because the Broncos they just they can't score um but the Chargers have enough of a mess themselves they've got Keenan Allen tweeting in the middle of their game what the hell are we doing (laughs) (laughs) like both of these teams just, in my opinion, massively underachieving. Uh, it, it's just, it's just very unfortunate. But I'll go Chargers here just because I think they're they're far more explosive. We'll see if Keenan Allen comes back and plays, but they're just the more explosive team. They are. I, for the love of God, we mentioned this in the preseason breakdown. Can we please allow Justin Herbert to be aggressive? They are once again bottom five in their ability to push down. They just don't take shots down the field. They're bottom. They're Fourth worst in the country right now when it comes to intended pass yards per pass attempt. They're averaging 6.5. You have the one of the premier young gunslingers in the league, and you just refuse. We talk about it in the preseason last year. We talked about it in the preseason this year. 
just open up your offense. I know Keenan Allen's been hurt, banged up, and that hurts. I know Justin Herbert's been banged up, and that hurts. And the offensive line's banged up, and there's banged up here. But it's like the routes you're running are just not deep enough. Let him be aggressive. Air it out. There are, th- just off the top of my head, three to four NFL just straight-up freakazoid arm talent-wise. And that is like Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, and, I mean, you might want to put Rodgers in there. I don't know. When yeah. it comes to just, like, just arm talent, just off the charts, and they're not letting him <laughs> use it, I, I'm going crazy. It's so fucking frustrating. Um, the Chargers are very susceptible to the run, so we'll see if the Broncos can get something going there. But once again, they're having offensive line problems. The rush takes are so funny, too, because now you're seeing, like, oh, he's injured. And, and he might be, but it's, like, immediately the publicity started from a guy that just, he looks lost in the offense. The injuries are not the big problem there. Yes, maybe he's not able to throw the ball with as much zip 10 yards down the field, 20, but he's missing guys. Like, he's missing reads left and right in this offense. Yeah, I mean, he's, the end of the game there was just a perfect example. I mean, it's, it's it's horrible. I, he just doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't really look like he wants to use his legs as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I know he's not as mobile, but he still is mobile. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, I just, it's a disaster, that offense over there. It's bad. It's real bad. And that contract is a, another, talk about a doozy. <laughs> My God. I, I've, I've never been so happy to, to acquire Carson Wentz and, and just, I mean, I, just not do that. Yeah. I, I, I wanted Russell Wilson. I'm so glad that he obviously did not want to come here, rightfully so, but didn't want to come here. That's fine. We're good. <laughs> Very good. We'll take our chances in the draft or free agency next year. Perfectly fine. Step back from that one. Yeah, yeah. it's a rough one. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I lean Chargers on that one. Alrighty, that does it for this week. Anything else before we wrap this up? No, I mean, we got some. I mean, I like some games where I, you know, Bengals, but just we got some some tough ones and some that I think are pretty pretty easy. Yeah, uh, like I said, the Bengals are my biggest bet of the week. That is my like best bet of the week for the podcast. Bengals minus one and a half. Not even worrying about it. Um, yeah. Set it aside. I'm good. All right. That'll do it for us. I hope the NFL officials get on their shit. There's a memo. Let's, let's not call every single roughing the passer call. It's not always the case. And we'll go from there. As always, face.